Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 17 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your leaky host, Leroy Luna, coming at you straight out of the closet with a very messy episode indeed. The clock is ticking, 2020 is winding down, and I think I speak for us all when I say this year won't be over soon enough. Pardon my French, but this year has been a real shit show, so we're going to end it with a blowout. If you enjoyed episode number two, The Mad Pooper, then this one's going to be right up your alley. A few people I know for a fact did not enjoy that one, but I believe they're all long gone by now. And then a lot of you I know defecately loved it, judging by the news articles you've been sending me, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Shout out to F.T. Norton for bringing today's story to my attention just last week. With all that being said, if you have a weak stomach for this sort of thing, go ahead and sit this one out. I won't be offended. Just make sure you download the episode before you delete it. I think going forward, we'll do uh, one of these episodes a year, maybe two, and flush it out of our systems. The featured story doesn't even really involve much feces, but the personal stories surrounding it do. The whole thing is kind of a sloppy mess and a fitting send-off to this sloppy year we've all endured. Oh, and on a more serious note, a little off-topic, but I wanted to let you guys know about a new hobby of mine. Something I've been doing lately is looking into my family history. You know, checking out my family tree, and there's actually something quite interesting that I found out that I wanted to share with you. Did you know that diarrhea is actually hereditary? Yeah, it's it's true. It runs in your genes. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, you know what that sound means. Let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to get you back home accident-free. 
episode number 17, The Shit Show. I am proud to say I have pretty decent control over my bowel movements. 99% of the time, I make it to the facilities every time. There is, however, that pesky 1%. Occasionally there's a problem, and for whatever reason, I cut it very close or can't make it to a toilet at all. I've got quite the streak going lately that I'm proud of, pun intended. I haven't shit my pants in public in 13 years. Yes, there's been some close calls, don't get me wrong, but the last time I completely lost it when I was ootin' a boot was back when I was 25. It was a hot summer day. I lived alone in a sweet little basement apartment. It was nice. Simple. I didn't have a vehicle back then, so when it came time to do the grocery shopping, I made the 15-minute journey to No Frills and lugged back as many bags of TV dinners, pizza pockets, and beef patties these little arms would allow me to carry. That afternoon, I was starving. As usual, I waited till the cupboards were bare to finally get my shop on. They say it's never a good idea to shop on an empty stomach, so being the responsible dude I am, I thought, hey, I'll grab me a little something-something on the way there. A mucho burrito had just opened up in town, and luckily for me, it was right on my route, so needless to say, your boy was licking his chops. I ordered the largest burrito they had with all the fixins. No cilantro, though. I hate that shit. Tastes like perfume. Anyways, I had chicken, lots of beans and rice and veggies, jalapenos, sour cream and cheese smothered in their special burrito sauce. I even had a couple Coronas to wash it down. If there was a heaven, I was there, baby. Now, with a full belly, I strutted over to the no frills. I felt my stomach gurgle a few times as I made my purchases, which should have been a red flag, but I wasn't nearly as concerned as I should have been. As I reached the end of the parking lot, weighed down with several bags of low-quality food, that's when it hit me, fast and hard. There was no ignoring it. I broke into a cold sweat and went into full panic mode. I knew my bowels were about to fail me. Was the chicken undercooked? Maybe it was the beans, or the jalapenos. Maybe the sour cream was sitting out too long. Probably shouldn't have washed it down with those beers. Whatever, no regrets. YOLO, baby. I clenched my cheeks and tried my best to power through. I wasn't that far from home. If I wasn't weighed down with groceries, I think I could have made it. It was tempting to drop everything and make a run for it, but I had just spent over $100, so hell no. I had come too far just to give up. No bag was going to be left behind. I made it to the midway point when reality set in. There was no way I was going to make it. I was walking along a busy road, and there weren't many options. I knew I had gone as far as I could. I had maybe 10 seconds till blast off. In one final heroic move of desperation, I knelt down and tucked the bottom of my jeans into my socks. Then I stood there and let nature take its course. I stopped fighting and just released. As cars whizzed past me, I did my best to act casual as excrement poured down my legs and filled the bottoms of my pants, staining my socks beyond repair. You guys still there? Cool, just checking. I ain't gonna lie, in that moment it felt good to give up all control. So when the deed was done, I picked up my bags and shuffled the rest of the way home, doing the walk of shame. The jeans stuffed into the socks was still kind of a stylish look back then, so I probably even looked cool doing it. When I got home, I threw the pants, socks, and underwear in the garbage and had a nice cold shower, all while smiling a devilish grin, secure in the knowledge that no one knew my dirty little secret. Okay. Today's story takes place in New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans. New Orleans. I think I covered all the pronunciations there. 
Use whichever one you see fit. We join a disgusted and traumatized 20-year-old woman, who shall remain nameless, as she is speaking with Louisiana State Police. And she has an interesting story to tell. You see, she recently received employment via a babysitting app on the internet. She was hired by a gentleman to watch over his younger brother named Corey. Now, Corey was 18 years of age, and he had some disabilities. The poor guy was physically and mentally challenged. So she would be his part-time caregiver when his bro wasn't around to help him out and watch over him. Admirable work that most people, including myself, just wouldn't have the patience for. One of her duties included changing Corey's diapers. His brother said to use, quote, tough toddler gloves while changing and toilet training him, and to treat him as if he were a child. Corey soiled himself quite often, and while they were out at various locations, including a Walmart, he would let her know when he had done the deed, and while changing him, he would have a soother in his mouth. He was sucking on a pacifier, and he'd be visibly excited, sporting a raging boner during these exchanges. Another thing she found kind of odd was she never actually met Corey's brother in person. He was never there when she arrived, and she'd leave before he came home. She also paid through an online app. Things took a strange turn when the young lady came across the Facebook profile of a man named Rory Deese, who looked identical to Corey, the young man she had been taking care of. Feeling sick to her stomach and like she may have been duped, that's when she alerted the authorities and told the babysitting app of her findings. They immediately suspended his account. When this Rory Deese character, or whoever he was, contacted the young lady and set up another meeting for her to watch young Corey, that's when police, who were able to get an arrest warrant, swooped in on the apartment located in the 1200 block of Marengo Street. He was arrested immediately without incident. Police found diapers, crystal meth, and a clear glass pipe on the scene. Oh, I should also mention that this all went down on November 12th, 2019. So what was going on here? Who was this guy? Well, the man in question is Rutledge Deese Fourth, a 29-year-old man who goes by the nickname Rory. Can't say I blame him. Rutledge doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. He is the fourth, though, so apparently it is a name worth repeating. Rutledge is a strange dude. He had problems, but not to the extent he was portraying. He was hooked on meth and had other mental health issues such as ADHD, severe depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder, which he claimed derived from sexual trauma he experienced as a child. He had this shtick going, pretending to be an 18-year-old with special needs, getting watched over by nice young ladies who were told to treat him as if he were a child and change his diapers and help him with everyday tasks. He tricked at least four women, three of which he said he had on the go at the time of his arrest. Two of them didn't even know they'd been had until after Rutledge's arrest. Upon further questioning from police, he claimed that this wasn't a sexual thing. He didn't receive that type of arousal from the interactions he had with these women. I'm sure they would beg to differ. I call bullshit as well. I mean, the erections kind of speak for themselves. I guess I have Rutledge to thank for opening me up to a whole new world. In order to try and get into his head a little, I looked up what it's called when adults want to be treated like babies. Went down a few interesting rabbit holes. Thank you, Rutledge, for making my already questionable browser history a little bit dirtier. Paraphilic infantilism, a.k.a. adult baby syndrome. The easiest definition that my simple mind could comprehend came from Wikipedia. It seems to check out from other sources I found. It's just not as wordy, much more simplified. 
They say it is a sexual fetish that involves role-playing, a regression to an infant-like state. Behaviors may include drinking from a bottle or wearing diapers. Individuals may engage in gentle and nurturing experiences or be attracted to coercive, punishing, or humiliating experiences. An adult who engages only in infantile play is known as an adult baby. Diaper fetishism involves diaper lovers wearing diapers for sexual or erotic reasons, but may not involve infant-like behavior. Individuals who experience both of these things are referred to as an adult baby slash diaper lovers. When wearing diapers, infantilists or in- infantilists may urinate or defecate in them. So I think Rutledge falls somewhere in there. Hey, I'm not kink-shaming by any means. If that's your thing, go for it. But you have to be upfront about it. It has to be between two consenting adults. That's where the problem lies. Don't be conning someone into it. Paraphilic infantilism is much different from pedophilic behavior, so let's not confuse the two. Although some people might try to link them, people with paraphilic infantilism do not seek children as sexual partners. They themselves want to be treated like a child. It's definitely strange territory, though. Tuesday night, I found myself on an interesting dating site. Research purposes only. It was called DailyDiapers.com. The website says, Daily Diapers is the premier community for adult babies, diaper lovers, big kids, mommies, and daddies, featuring over 25,500 free photos of diapered women, men, and couples, plus stories, diaper reviews, videos, personal ads, message boards, polls, and so much more. If you wear diapers, this is your online home. It's funny, but they were very cautious and specific here, however, which I appreciate. It goes on to say, If you are under 18 years of age, please leave now. If you are over the age of 18, you may enter. We are committed to protecting children by taking all reasonable means to exclude them from this website. In addition to our age verification screens, we also have labeled this website to instruct parental control programs to block us from view by minors. The age play community is for consenting adults who are interested in paraphilic infantilism. Please keep an open mind. I didn't actually enter the site. God, I feel like I've said paraphilic infantilism like 20 times. (laughs) Hopefully I'll never say it again. I do all my podcast-related stuff on my laptop. And although definitely curious, I didn't want my laptop confiscated by police or to blow up or get contaminated with viruses. Maybe I'll put a link in the show notes to dailydiapers.com. Or you can look it up yourself. Let me know how that goes. Okay, now where were we? Ah, Rutledge Deese the Fourth. Sounds like a golfer. Someone you'd find at a country club schmoozing it up. His family appears to be fairly well off. His grandfather, Rutledge Deese Jr., who sadly passed away in 2011, was well respected in the oil and gas industry. He was a natural gas supply associate and a member of the board of directors for 13 years. He was the first chairman of the board of the Louisiana Independent Oil and Gas Association, according to his obituary. Back to our boy Rutledge Deese IV, though. Here's his cash flow situation. He is unemployed. However, he receives $2,500 a month from a trust fund set up by the family. Must be nice. Even though he appears to now live a pampered life, I'm sure his parents aren't too happy with Rutledge for soiling the family name. You're probably wondering at this point how much trouble Rutledge Deese IV had gotten himself into. Well, he was in deep shit. 
According to a press release from Louisiana State Police, he was originally charged with 10 counts of sexual battery and human trafficking for labor, along with possession of a controlled substance. He could have potentially faced up to 10 years for each of those trafficking charges. This, to me, was crazy. This story is one that, when you read the headlines at first glance, you kind of chuckle. At least I did, anyways. When you dive a little deeper, though, you feel for the victims involved and realize how creepy this whole situation is. The poor young women must be traumatized by this event. Later on at a court hearing, one of the women who was victimized by Rutledge said, quote, I used to believe that almost everyone in the world was inherently good. In this case, I was wrong. End quote. I've seen commenters on this story being critical of the young women claiming they should have known what was happening. Well, when you see the good in people and you give them the benefit of the doubt and are kind-hearted and trying to help, you're not going to think you're being tricked by anyone. These ladies thought they were helping out an 18-year-old with special needs. It wasn't their first instinct to think, hey, what if this is actually a 30-year-old man faking this entire thing, wearing a diaper and acting like a child for his own personal amusement? Maybe I'm just a little ignorant, but when thinking of human trafficking, children being kidnapped or women being forced into prostitution comes to mind. So these human trafficking charges Rutledge is facing seem pretty extreme. But on this site, law.justia.com, it gives this definition of human trafficking according to Louisiana laws and revised statutes. It's a very long definition, but the very first thing stated is it shall be unlawful for any person to knowingly recruit, harbor, transport, provide, solicit, receive, isolate, entice, obtain, or maintain the use of another person through fraud, force, or coercion to provide services or labor. And that's basically what Rutledge was doing in a nutshell. He was put in jail, and his bail was set at a whopping $1.5 million, and he was placed on suicide watch. Rutledge's lawyers really tried to push the fact that he had mental health issues and a substance abuse problem. Finally, in April of 2020, Rutledge's bail was significantly reduced due to the ongoing pandemic and all the dangers that came along with the spread of COVID-19 in jails across the country. So he was released on bail, and finally, after a little over a year of confusion and everybody trying to get this thing right and figure out a proper punishment in this bizarre case, on Monday, December 14th, 2020, Rutledge Deist IV pled guilty to the following charges four counts of human trafficking, possession of methamphetamines, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Criminal District Court Judge Hunter Harris doled out the punishment in this case, and Rutledge made out pretty well, all things considered, receiving no more jail time, but he did, however, receive five years probation, coupled with 400 hours of community service. He's ordered to stay off social media, he needs to get a job and keep it, and he also needs to take internet addiction counseling. A proper punishment, in my opinion. This case is kind of sad all the way around, but I feel justice has been served for the victims. And hey, our boy Rutledge clearly has some issues. He spent some time in jail, and now all these other punishments, well, they're not even really that bad. They're actually quite helpful for his mental health and for his own good and personal growth. Keeping busy with a job is a great way to stay out of trouble. Getting away from that damn social media will also be good for him. He probably shouldn't Google himself either. He won't like the results. He's getting counseling for his internet addiction, so I think that'll be really good for him. Let's face it, internet, social media, all that, it really is an unhealthy addiction for a lot of people. And most of us are in denial about it even being an issue. Think all that free time you'd have if you just stayed off the damn internet. 
It's tough, though. It's kind of essential these days. I think just keeping it in check, limiting the time you're spending online, is probably a good idea. Rutledge just needs to be guided in the right direction, and he'll be okay. Once again, that dating site is called DailyDiapers.com. He should get on there and uh, find himself a lady with common interests. Just be 100% out in the open. There are people who are into that kind of thing. It's not all that crazy. I'm sure if Rutledge tried hard enough, he could find a nice lady willing to feed him, burp him, and get a bucket and a mop for his wet-ass pampers. And we are back. That's a whap on episode number 17, The Shit Show. The world sure is full of interesting people, isn't it? And it just keeps on getting weirder and weirder. I love it. Okay, as usual, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing the sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. Special thanks to F.T. Norton for the story idea. Alright, we actually have two listener stories to hear in today's segment of... Let's get criminal, criminal, I want to get criminal. I'm actually going to read off this first story. I received it via email a while back, just after the Tea Party episode. It comes from my pal Sarah M. And she says, Great episode with all the pee. It was, wasn't it? It reminded me of a thing my dad and his work pal did many years back. They carpooled to their workplace and dad drove that day. It was his colleague's birthday, so the guy brought homemade birthday cake for their department. In bracket, she says, That's how it works here in Sweden. This was in the winter, so they left the cake in the car instead of it taking up space in the fridge inside. When it was time to eat the cake, they discovered that Dad had gotten mice in the car, and they had eaten some of the birthday cake and left little mouse droppings on the top layer layer of whipped cream. So filthy. So you're probably all thinking, well, I guess they had to throw it out. The end. Story over, right? Eh, wrong. So they went to the nearby store and bought chocolate sprinkles. They sprinkled the cake and snuck it into work and into another department and just left it there. And rumor has it, it was all eaten up. Yum, yum. Okay. Thank you, Sarah, for that wonderful story all the way from Sweden. And thank you, Sarah's dad and co-worker. You guys are my heroes. Oh, man, mice are so gross. I was just thinking, why are mice always these chubby little things when clearly they have the best metabolisms? They literally shit nonstop. It's ridiculous. I can just picture how perfectly those little mouse turds would have blended in with the chocolate sprinkles. Pretty hilarious. Okay, we have a second story, and it's also amazing. So let's check it out. Hey, my name is Tori. I live in Denver, and I'm going to tag on to the Mad Pooper story. Um, There's a dog park that my boyfriend and I take our puppy to. Um, We got a quarantine dog because we're not unique or special in any way. Um, So we take our dog to this dog park, and it's important to understand, like, the vegetation here. (laughs) There's not a whole lot of it. It's December, um, no leaves, very, very, very see-through. Um, and we stopped to let our dog get a drink of water just because she's been running a lot. And my boyfriend looked at me and he said, there's a woman pooping over there. <laughs> I didn't, didn't quite register at first and he said it again. And I turned my head and there's a woman standing behind, like, 
a very, very thin bush with no leaves on it, with her pants down, squatting, balancing herself with a walking stick while her dogs run around in front of her. And she just stood up before pulling her pants all the way up, which was an interesting choice given the situation, uh, and just walked away. Like, didn't even doggy bag it or, like, anything. And, my God, I still think about it all the time. I'm shocked. I'm I'm absolutely shocked. Thanks, Tori. When she uh, sent me a message on Instagram, I got so excited and said, you got to tell your story on the show. And, of course, I sent her a picture of the mad pooper to see if it was the same woman. Sadly not. This lady sounds older, too. It'd be so crazy if she switched up her M.O. and was now shitting in dog parks. The perfect crime. Anyways, what is going on in Colorado, by the way? Are there no decent toilets over there? Hey, at least she had the decency to hide behind a bush. I mean, I'm just speculating she didn't shave her vag. I shouldn't make assumptions like that. Oh man, I better stop. This is going to go off the rails. Uh, Thank you so much, ladies, for your uh, listener stories. I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed them. If you have a story to share, please don't hesitate to send it to excusemethatslegal at gmail.com. And you could have your story played on the air. I have a promo to hit you guys with on the way out. It's for a podcast called Murderish. Jamie is an awesome host who takes deep dives into some crazy true crime stories. She just recently did an episode on Abraham Shakespeare, a man whose life took some sinister turns after winning $30 million in the lottery. It's a story I was pretty familiar with already, but her version had details that I hadn't heard before. Anyways, I'll let her tell you all about her podcast in a moment. Happy New Year, everybody. It's been such a terrible year for a lot of people. Let's think positive, and hopefully things will improve in 2021. Okay, take it away, Jane. Hi, I'm Jamie, host of Murderish, a true crime podcast that provides a 3D look at gripping murder cases from beginning to end. You'll get to know the victims and perpetrators, how their worlds collided, and what went down during trial. I also share some of my own personal experiences, like the time a stranger came into my bedroom at night. Yeah, that really happened. And I walk you through all the details of that terrifying night. Have you ever wanted to be a fly on the wall during a murder trial? You'll get that opportunity on Murderish, as I share my experience being a jury foreman on a first-degree murder trial. Search Murderish in your favorite podcatcher app, hit subscribe, and start binging. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer, it just means you're murder-ish. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.